Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you're here today because God's word is going to build you up to do what he has called you to do. And it will also strengthen you to become the person that he has called you to be. Praise God. Now, before we jump into today's message, let's first honor the Lord by bringing in the holy tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. Let's look for a moment at Deuteronomy chapter 16, and let's go to verse 17, which says, every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord, your God, which he has given you. Now, we're going to honor the Lord with the tithe because the tithe belongs to Him. That's 10% of all of our increase, of all of our earnings, 10% goes to the Lord. But as you know, we're also working on a special offering, which we need to have in by February the 28th, as we are pulling together a special offering to reach the goal of $50,000 $50, for the down payment on the property that the ministry is purchasing. This is the field of dreams. My friends, I want you to know that as you give and concerning this project, I want you to know that all that God would ask is that you give as you are able. Let me just say that God never wants you to give under uh, compulsion or some form of manipulation. God never wants you to give under pressure. And it's, it's, I'll tell you what, it's wrong when uh, certain ministers do that. Uh, of course, there's many good ministers that don't do that. They trust the Lord. They make the need known. But there's others that um, they, they know how to manipulate, and they'll go on and on and on, and they'll put pressure on people, and that's not right. And so, all that God requires is very simple in scripture is that every man shall give as he is able. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit will reveal to your heart what you are to give for the special offering. But my friends, it will always be something that you are able to give. So relax, no pressure. Praise the Lord. God is going to meet this need. God is well able to meet this need. God works through his precious people and God does not, uh, uh, he's not a task master. He's a good God. So the Holy Spirit will show you what you're to give. And that will always be in correspondence with what you are able to give. So give as you are able, not as you are pressured. We don't operate like that around here. And many of you have been with the ministry and supporting this ministry for years and years and years. And we know, uh, you know that we do not use any form of manipulation. Our trust is in the Lord and he has met every need. Praise God. So I just want to share a few pointers about giving in this special offering. Number one, all you have to do is give as you are able Whatever the Holy Spirit would direct you to do will be something that you are able to do. Number two, we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, that our giving should always be done in love. Let's take a look at that just for a moment. God's Word says that, Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. 
So give, my friends, with love, your love for God, your love for the Great Commission, your love for this ministry and the teaching and the preaching that builds up your faith and strengthens your walk with God. Let your giving be love motivated. And also we see in Proverbs chapter 3, another indicator of how our giving should be. And this is the, the key that our giving should always be done in an honorable way. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9, honor the Lord with your possessions. Praise God. Before you ever give any type of special offering to the Lord, you need, you need to always stop and, and ask for a moment, uh, Lord, is this offering honorable to you? Does this offering honor you? In other words, God, he does keep records of how he has blessed you and I. And for someone to give perhaps, let's say $10, that's acceptable for them to give that in relation to where they're at with the Lord. Maybe they're just coming into the kingdom. Maybe their finances aren't very strong. Maybe they don't have much. So God will accept their $10. It's honorable. But for somebody else that would maybe give $500, but yet in the light of how they have been blessed and how God has been so good to them, maybe for them, that's just like giving a stick of chewing gum to somebody. And so we need to ask ourselves, God, does this offering honor you? Praise the Lord. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Now, we also see in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that we should always give willingly. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And let's take a look at verse 12, which says concerning the giving of an offering, for if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. So we must give with a willing mind. And that word willing means eager to give, ready to give. And you just, you have a heart to do it. Praise God. You're, you're willing, you know, the Lord's doing something and you want to be a part of that blessing. Praise God. And remember my friends that these are kingdom opportunities that when you connect with kingdom opportunities, it secures your lifting in the kingdom. It secures your blessing from the Lord. Now, let me conclude this by saying also the fifth tip in giving for a special offering is that God loves a cheerful giver. We see this, of course, in second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity for God loves what kind of a giver, a cheerful praise the Lord. So we are instructed to give as we are able to give in love, to give honorably, to give willingly, and also to give cheerfully praise the Lord. So the ministry is endeavoring to purchase 14 acres. We have signed on it. We have the contract, the buyers, the sellers. We are the buyers, our ministry, the sellers. We've all signed. We've got it under contract and we have to close and we need the money in by February the 28th. So if you need a little extra time, pull that together. But we're endeavoring uh, for uh, to see the goal of 50K. That's how much we need to close 50K to come in. And I have complete confidence 
in your ability to hear from the Lord and to follow the Holy Spirit's guidance and instructions. And I just know that the Lord is going to meet this need. Thank you for giving. Thank you for having a kingdom heart because it's on this 14 acres that we are going to build the brand new television Christian ministry studio that will be used to record the programs that will be launched all over the world. As you have seen on our website, if you click on the heading that's called Pure Gold, you will see all of the networks and channels that we have been branching onto. And my friends, by God's grace, that has been increasing because we're endeavoring to do our part and we're working together with you, our partners, our online church members, to take the gospel uh, around the world. And we're hitting already remote areas of the world, as well as America, Europe, and so many other places as well. But we want to do more, so we need that new studio. We have found the land, praise God, and we're ready to close on it very soon, so we need to get that money in. Thank you for giving into this special offering. Now, for those of you that are sowing into that, if you're going to write a check or if you're going to give online, just make a little note and put on it, Field of Dreams, because the Lord told my wife and I, this is the ministry field of dreams. Praise the Lord. Now, if, if you would like to bring your tithes and your special offering in by mail, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. And if it's a check or money order, just put Field of Dreams. Now, if you want to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says give. You can go there for your tithe. Now, for the special offering, you'll see an orange bracket that says projects. You can click on that, and then you'll see the Field of Dreams project for the 14 acres. And you can go there right now and sow your seed. Now, I want to say thank you for sowing something special, and I really appreciate you doing that because this is, some, this is a long-awaited dream, and I'm very excited about what the Lord is doing in this new expansion of the ministry. So I want to pray right now for your giving and over your tithe. Heavenly Father, bless your people. This is their year of increase. I thank you, Father God, that your people, they give as they are able they give in love, they give honorably, they give willingly, and they give cheerfully. And I thank you that they are blessed. And I thank you, Father God, that Je just as Jesus is the wonder-working God, I thank you that because your people are in him, they also are designated for signs and wonders. Lord, make them a financial wonder to them around them that people would look at their lives and say, I don't understand how they do it. But Father, they can explain and endeavor to share. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and that you add no sorrow with it. Oh God, we give you praise for your kingdom that is ever increasing and for your principles that give us victory in life when we operate by them. We give you praise. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And once again, I just want to say thank you for helping us with this project. Praise the Lord. I'll keep you posted as we get closer. But thank you for doing your very best. Hallelujah. Now, let's talk about a subject today that 
you're going to enjoy and it's going to uh, ignite something on the inside of your spirit because I have been meeting people recently, good, good believers, some even strong in the faith that in this one area, uh, which is, which is vital in their Christian life, there has been a little bit of a drawback. And for some it's been, uh, it's been more than just a little bit of a drawback, <laughs> but today those things are going to change dramatically. I want to uh, jump into this with you from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and our subject is not faith. Uh, we're not going to necessarily talk about faith today, but something that relates very closely to it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into the sermon today, we ask that your word would be brought alive by the power of your Holy Spirit, that this will be a message that will ride into our hearts and will cause an awakening to dream and to reconnect with what we have seen that you have shown is our promised land. We thank you, Father God, for your promises and those promises speaking again. And we thank you, Father God, for a breaking loose today to rise up. Now we give you praise. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I want to talk today about the subject of hope. Praise the Lord. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me begin by saying that your faith cannot, absolutely cannot work without hope. Let me give you an example from the natural realm. In human reproduction, the woman has the egg, but without the male's sperm fertilizing that egg, a child cannot be born. Mm -mm. In the same way, if hope is not fertilized by faith, then a miracle is never going to be born. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. When hope is crushed, faith becomes helpless. Wow. Praise God. Stay with me today. Your hope is going to rise up. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We can say that hope is the wife of faith and their offspring is called what? A good testimony. Woo! Look at this in verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Oh, ha, ha. Woo! So you could, have, you could have faith, but your faith is not going to go anywhere if you don't have hope. Praise the Lord. So you must first have hope before you can proclaim or say that you have faith. You might think, well, Pastor Stephen, I don't, I don't understand that. Okay, I'm going to demonstrate it, but let me say it again. You must first have hope before you say or proclaim that you have faith. Praise the Lord. Now, I've got something on my little table stand here. Something that I'm sure that perhaps some of you stay up all night dreaming about, hoping to acquire, and just having such a desire to one day hold it the way I'm holding it right now. Pastor Stephen, what is it? Oh, it's what everybody 
wants and hopes for. It's a roll of duct tape. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you're just being silly. Well, let me give you an example. What if you got in your car right now and you drove to the mall and you went to the jewelry store and you look, uh, uh, you go inside and you look at the glass and beneath the glass is all the diamond rings and you know, got all the lights shining down on it. Real brilliant to let all the diamonds reflect and look so beautiful. Okay. You look at the diamonds and you go, Oh, those are nice. And then you come over to the next case. And in this case they have luxury watches and they sparkle as the light reflects off the sapphire crystal. And you think, Oh, isn't that nice? But then you move over to the next case and the light shines down upon a roll of duct tape. Oh, there it is. And you, you take a picture of it because it's what you have a great hope to one day hold in your own hand like I'm holding right now. And then you go home after your journey to the mall and you're deeply moved in your heart having seen it in, with your own eyes in person. A roll of duct tape. And you come at home at night and you have a catalog and you open up the catalog, and there it is again, a picture in full color of duct tape. And it has a full report of how it's made and where it was made at, and the various colors it can come in. And you're so moved by what you see that you take your scissors and you cut it out, the picture of the duct tape, and then you put it up on your refrigerator so that every day when you go to get your milk for breakfast and when you go to get your food for dinner, you, you are exposed to seeing the picture of the roll of duct tape. Mm. Pastor Stephen, what are you trying to say? This is what I'm trying to say. Why is it that really you don't have any faith for duct tape? I can tell you why. Because you have no hope for it. <laughs> and the reason you don't have any hope for it is because you don't have any interest in it. So let's just get rid of it. Praise the Lord. Goodbye to that. We had no interest in the first place. You only, listen to me, you only have faith for what you're hoping for. You only, so that, that's why the hope has to come first. Why? You're only going to have faith for what you hope for. Okay, and so what you attach to, what you desire, what you're longing to have, you, you, now you put your faith to work on it. But without hope, your faith doesn't have anything to do. It doesn't have anything to aim for. Woo! That's why hope comes first. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. It's hope first, and then faith follows thereafter. Thank you, Lord. Now, let me say this. Every time you give up on a tough situation, you become hopeless every time you give up. At this point, this is very important. Not even God can help you because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So to be hopeless is actually to be helpless. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm standing in this pulpit to speak to you about having a checkup concerning your level of hope. This is very, very important. I've talked to a few people lately. It seems like they wanted to throw in the towel. I'm like, no, 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 get your towel back. Don't throw in, don't throw in the towel. 
You don't need to do that. Why? Because until your hope comes online, you can't have your miracle. And if you lose your hope, it's not going to happen. Mm, thank you, Jesus. So I'm here today to help get your hope back online. Mm, mm, thank you, Jesus. Wow. Now there are those. I'm a preacher. This is my full-time job. I'm a minister. So I, I talk to people. I, 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 I get emails. I get various correspondence. And sometimes people say, Pastor Stephen, though my case is hopeless. Others say, Pastor Stephen, you, you, you don't know what I'm going through. Mm. What have they done? They've thrown in the towel. That, it, that inboxing is what happens when, uh, uh, let's say, you're the manager for your fighter. And if, he, if he's in the fight and he's getting beat on, and you think, oh, this is not good for him. I, I, we, need to, we need to stop the fight before he gets hurt. You, have, you can throw the towel in. What does that mean? It means we quit. Okay? So this, these are things we need to understand. You need to get your hope back. And I want to share something that is good news for you today. The good news is that if you're hearing me, watching me, seeing me, that can only mean one thing. What's that, Pastor Stephen? It means you're still alive <laughs> and you're not dead. Hallelujah. That means you can let your hope come alive because it's not over with yet. Now look at this verse. This is today's key verse. Ecclesiastes. When's the last time you were over in Ecclesiastes chapter 9? Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Maybe it's been a little too long since you last looked at this verse, the spoken, written Word of God. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 4. But for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. A living dog is better than a dead lion. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm here to announce that there is hope for anyone who is joined to the living God. In whatever situation you find yourself in, there's still hope. There's still hope in God. And you are joined to Him. But for Him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Thank you, Jesus. There is no case that can be closed unless you agree to close it. So don't let even, for example, don't even let like a well-meaning doctor kill your hope. He may have stated facts to you, but my friends, that doesn't mean you just need to abandon your hope and say, oh, it's over. No, it's over. No, no. You're joined to the living God. There is still hope. Praise the Lord. And remember, your faith will not work without hope. Praise God. Expectation is the mother of manifestation. You must be able to see ahead what you want to touch and handle. You must be able to see it. That's what hope does. It allows you to see it. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Let's go to one of the greatest expositions in the Bible, in the Word of God, concerning hope. We're going over to the book of Romans. We're going to go to the fourth chapter. Praise the Lord. Let's go to verse 18. 
referring to Abraham, it says, who, contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. So there's a natural hope that people have that does not originate from God. It could be a positive attitude. It could be, let's look on the brighter side of things. And there could be a hope or an expectation for good things. But that can, uh, that, that can still disappoint you. You can hope to win the lottery. Well, join the club with all the other millions that are also playing. So that, that's just, you don't want to move in that realm because that does not guarantee you that you're actually going to see the manifestation of it. But the hope that God gives is completely different. So, contrary to natural hope, in divine hope, or the hope that God places within the heart of children, of his people, in that divine hope, Abraham believed, so that he became the father of many nations. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, despite all odds being stacked against him, Abraham believed. Notice in verse 19 that it says, and not being weak in faith. Well, why was he not weak in faith when this, these circumstances that say, no, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. How could he not be weak in faith? Because his hope came first and his hope is energizing his faith. Woo. You never have faith for something that you don't want. You never have faith for something that you're not really excited or desiring to see manifest. So it's that hope that is sustaining and keeps pumping energy into his faith. They both work together. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Again, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Already did since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Wow. Jesus, we give you praise. I want you to tell yourself right now, say this, say, it's not over yet. I'm still alive. Mm -hmm. Say it again. Say, it's not over yet. I'm still alive. And say, I will see the goodness of the Lord in my lifetime. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Look, uh, until that final whistle blows, uh, you're not quitting. You're going to win before it ever happens. God's going to give you the time. God's going to lengthen your days. God's going to strengthen your body. God's going to quicken your mind. God's going to infuse you with the energy that you need. You're going to see it happen. Hallelujah. But you need to pick your hope back up. Start to dream again. Start to take hold of those things that you've seen that God has destined for you to touch and handle and experience. Lord, we praise you today. Verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. How? Through hope, through the hope, giving glory to God. Hmm. He was strengthened. Active faith disregards contrary evidences. What contrary evidences? A hundred-year-old body. A hundred-year-old body. His wife's womb. That's virtually dead. She can't have children anymore. But faith disregards contrary evidences. 
So what happens is this faith deadens your considerations of what the world calls facts. And we're not uh, denying the facts, but faith deadens your considerations of what the world calls facts. Hope destroys the power that facts want to have over you. Hmm. I'll say it again. Hope destroys the power that facts want to have over you. And what it does is that hope enthrones the force of faith in your life. So let the facts stay there. The facts will bow. God will do it and God will override the facts. Hope tells you it's not over. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you this, you're a lot better than a living dog. Yes, nobody wants to be the dead lion. <laughs> Even though he was a lion, he's dead. But you're not a dog either. You're a child of God. Hallelujah. And you serve a miracle, wonder-working God who's ready to bless you with heaven's best. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, just before I came out here to preach this, the Lord told me to tell some of you who have gone on and maybe you're a little bit later in life. Perhaps as scripture says, you're past the flower of youth and you perhaps would find yourself single. The Lord told me to tell you it's not too late. Oh, Pastor Stephen, nobody wants to marry me now. I'm past 40. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you don't understand what it's like. No, no, no. God said to tell you it's not too late. Let your hope come alive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And pull yourself together and say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen this year. Praise the Lord. And see, that hope will begin to energize your faith. Praise the Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you praise today. Let's go to the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis chapter 13. Genesis 13, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, and of course we have been reading about him in Romans chapter 4. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look. Uh, your ability to look and see is extremely important. That's connected with what's going to springboard your hope. Okay. Look from the place where you are, northward, southward eastward and westward for all the land which you see. This is how the hope comes from the Lord. All the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants for forever. God will not give you beyond what you can see. And your hope, catch this, your hope determines how far you can see. Woo! Abraham was full of hope because he could see a long ways off. So today you need to see beyond your immediate situation. You need to see yourself. If you're sick, you need to see yourself healed based upon what God said about that situation. Hallelujah. But along with hearing the word, and studying the Word and seeing the Word, you also need to see it. You need to keep looking until you see it. And when you see it, whoo, hope. 
I can have it. I can have it, and I'm going to have it. And, and then faith, oh, faith's like, oh, I'm all over that because I want that. Now faith comes in, and now they're working together. What will it produce? A good testimony. Oh, I like what the King James Version says. It produces a good report. Woo! But it begins, don't forget, it begins with hope. Praise God. Hope focuses on the future. Faith brings it into the present. So begin to see, see prophetically, begin to see what you want to have. And when I say want to have, I'm talking about what God has for you, because there's a lot out there and you'll never have time in this temporal world, this temporal life to get it all. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to go after what, what he shows you, what you can see. And trust me, you'll have your faith full accomplishing that. You certainly don't need to be off on rabbit trails, chasing things that are a distraction. So go after what you see. Go after what God shows you that brings hope. And hope anticipates Hope's like, oh, I like that. Ooh, oh, Lord, I, yeah, I, I, I can see myself doing that. I'm all over that. And then faith says, oh, let's bring in the big guns now. And faith says, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Praise God. And you just begin to get it into your heart. And eventually you will be walking in it. So release your hope today because <laughs> you're still alive. Maybe some of you are in some situations where you're being pressed on all sides, but you know what? You're still alive and you're going to come out of that. God's going to bring you out of that. Somebody has a child, a son, a daughter, not serving the Lord. See them coming back to the Lord. See them repenting with tears and authentic repentance and seeing them give their hearts completely to God. Hallelujah. But see, that's what hope does. That's what hope does. And then you can start to put your faith on that. Oh yeah, they're coming back. Praise God. And they will, they will. Some of you, your vision is opening up right now. It's opening up right now to once again, hope. Why? Because you can see it now. You can see it. I'll tell you right now as the CEO of this ministry, I can already see the, the ministry aircraft that is coming to this ministry. Pastor Stephen, how, how, how can you do that? Hope. God has shown it to me. I have already seen it. And you know, because I've seen it and there is an expectation. You know, my faith is already on it. <laughs> my faith has been on that and that I know and I, it's, it's coming. It's coming. But my friends, you have to see these things. There's things I'm doing now that years back I saw them. And then, then it just began. I put my faith on it and then it started to open. It started to roll. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God, Pastor Steve. I don't see. I don't see how these you've you've done this. I, I I've had pastors say, Pastor Steve, we knew you when you were speaking in churches with thirty people, and you know you would just you do the regional meetings or things like that. But now your your television's going all over the world, and you're you're ministering to people. But see, I could see it back then. I could see where God was taking me to. The same thing happened with Abraham. Look for all the land which you see. I give to you. God will not give you beyond what you can see. And your hope determines how far you see. Thank you, Lord. It was in the early 2000s. I'd have to go back and 
track down the exact day, whether it was, or the exact year, whether it was 2002, or perhaps, perhaps 2001. I think it was 2002 when I was spending time with the Lord in prayer, just having a wonderful time with the Lord, and suddenly I heard a sound, swoosh, and I found myself being sucked up. I was in the garage praying. The next thing I knew, it was like I was being sucked up in a, like some type of a vacuum, but I was going straight up, and it was, it, it was, it was very comfortable. It, uh, it, it kind of felt good, but it was like I was, it was like I was riding up uh, some kind of a, like a tube or shaft or something like that. And I was going so fast. <laughs> Woo! I'm not going to argue with scientists, but I was going way beyond the speed of light. Way beyond the speed of light. Hallelujah. Because the heavenly realm overrides natural laws. Now, I know in, in nature, physical realm, 186,000 miles per second. Okay, they say that's the limit. But that's not the limit in the spirit realm. And I was moving at a phenomenal speed. Going straight up. Now, I'm sure my physical body was still there in the garage, but I tell you, my spirit, I was gone. I was in another world, and it, it was like riding a super fast elevator, and when I got to the top, just like on some real fast elevators, it, you come all the way to the top, and there's, as it stops, it, gives, it almost gives you a little bit of a hop, and the door, or what, I, don't, I can't, can't say it was really a door, but whatever, this, this, these things slid back. And I, and it, you know, and I'm coming up so fast and it kind of popped me right through the opening. And when it did, I was in heaven and I looked in front of me and there was the phenomenal sea of glass. And I saw the most awesome colors dancing. Yes, I saw colors dance, ribbons of light with colors of blue. And I saw a lot of orange a lot of orange and yellow type, uh, happy, happy colors, and they would swirl like ribbons, and they were going all over the place, and it was light. <laughs> but it was comfortable light. It was bright, but it was soft, hard to describe. And I was just enjoying looking at that, and the lights would come between my legs, and they would go around me, kind of like play with me. Perhaps they were angels. I don't know. I can figure that out later when I get to heaven. We'll have plenty of time in eternity. And, um, but it was very, very enjoyable and, and beautiful. And uh, I was kind of captivated by looking at that. And then, then something caught my attention. And I began to look up. And when I looked up, I saw the largest throne I have ever even uh comprehended you know you, you see like a kingly throne perhaps in England or some of these countries I saw a throne that was so gigantic that if I tried to describe it from human perspective it's not accurate but it's it's the, I'm just trying to give you a periphery of what I saw to me from a human natural element it looked like the armrest were about 70 feet up where where the king or, or, you know, God will put his arms on the armrest of, of the throne. But most likely it was way higher than that. But I'm, I'm dealing with perspective. And I saw these armrests jutting out way up there. And the whole throne is covered with a white, misty, uh, luminescent type cloud. 
and I could, I could see those armrests jutting out. And I knew that my heavenly father was sitting on that throne. Woo. Praise the Lord. That was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had in my life. And for those of you that have heard that full testimony, I'm not going to go through the full testimony, but let me just tell you a little bit about it. Out of that mighty cloud of that throne room area, out of that mighty cloud from the throne came two of the biggest hands I've ever seen in my life. I've shaken the hands before of professional NFL football players, but I saw hands, two hands come out of that cloud that were, uh, each hand was bigger than this pulpit. It would, it was even bigger than, than I was and those gigantic hands and I, and, and the arms with the white robe hanging with like, I, I could see all of that uh, coming up to the wrist area and those hands came out and picked up little Stephen Brooks and picked me up and began to pull me into that cloud. And God, the father pulled me into the glory cloud and he sat me on his lap and I leaned back. Now, again, God has the ability somehow while he feels all the universe with himself to somehow be centered right there. And while he's so big in scale at the some, at somehow I was able to sit on his lap and I leaned my head back on his chest and he had this robe and I can feel this velvety thick robe. This is the mighty Jehovah God. And I put my head on his chest and my head sunk into that thick velvety white robe. And I just leaned it there. And suddenly I saw like a, it was like a movie screen appeared before me. And I saw every event in my life up to that point where I had crushing failure where I had disappointment. Now my sins were washed away. I, he, God wasn't replaying sins, but he was replaying moments of disappointment. There was a time even played before my eyes. I saw it the time I was in elementary school when I got there early. Remember I grew up very poor in Mississippi and I got the school very early because it was candy day. It only happened once a year. And I went up to the teacher and I said, I want to get my bag of candy. And she said, Oh, you're too early. Come back later. And I came back later and all the candy was gone. You have to understand what that's like for a guy that was in poverty and we hardly ever, ever had candy. Oh God. Uh, I, I was like, Oh, you know, that, that I saw that played back before me and I saw all these various disappointments and somebody might think that's not a big deal. Well, when it's your own life, your life is a big deal. <laughs> and I saw all these things and then God almighty spoke to me. And he said, I love you. And when he said that every disappointment, every disappointment, every, every, every heartache went boom into a million pieces and was obliterated and gone, gone. And I was saturated with God's love for me. I said, Oh God, <laughs> Woo! hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. It's like God just wiped it all away. Amen. God wiped it all away. And he held me for a moment. Wow. And then he picked me up and sat me back outside of that cloud. 
I stood there beholding the Almighty. Now I can't see his face. I can't see various parts. I can't see his I know he has he has a form, but so much of that was veiled because of the of the glory element of that. And I stood there looking at the the beauty of of, of God in his throne and of his being. And sudden, suddenly I, I knew kneel down. There was even a voice I heard that said kneel down. And I got on my knees. And the moment I did that, the hand came out. One hand came out of the cloud that it was closed and it, and it came up to me and stopped. I mean, picture this the giant hand of God came up to me and then it opened real slow. And there in the center of God's hand was a necklace for me and God somehow just put that over me and it went right over my head was positioned over me. I said, I said, father, what is this? He said, this is the diamond of hope because it had a marquee blue a marquee cut blue diamond in the center that was very similar to what is in the Smithsonian, the most famous diamond in the world, famous blue diamond that is called the diamond of hope. And he put that necklace around my neck. When I asked him what it is, he said, this is the diamond of hope. And God told me this. He said, I'm well pleased with your hope. He said, hope is divine expectancy that what I have promised you can come to pass at any moment. Now, God's voice is deep and powerful, but also loving and rich and beautiful. And he spoke those words to me and I said, Father, thank you. Thank you. And as I began to lift my hands and worship almighty God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And this was my encounter with Abba Father. I just began to worship God with all of my being. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I was back in the garage. <laughs> Woo! I walked into the house, from the garage into the house, and I saw Kelly. She looked at my face. She said, you have seen God. I said, yes. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Let your faith today be strengthened and energized by your hope. Oh, don't throw in the towel, beloved saints of God. Don't throw in the towel. God's ready to move in your life like you've never seen him move before. Get your hope back online and rise up today and begin to rejoice because even the greatest things that God has shown you, he's going to do that and it's going to be so easy for him to do it. You'll be so glad that you held on to your hope. Praise God. Lift your hands right now. I want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you right now that there are many that have felt very discouraged and the enemy has tried to trick them by beginning to yielding to that discouragement because he's robbing their hope and he's wanting to leave them barren and stranded because hope deferred makes the heart sick and many are sick, Father God, because they've lost their hope. So, Father, I just thank you that today they're going to begin to dream again. They're going to begin to see again and reconnect with the original vision like Abraham saw of the promised land. Thank you, Father God. 
Thank you, Father God. I command you to see now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your inheritance. <laughs> Woo! Rise up. Hope come alive in Jesus name. Father, let them see with clarity with beyond 4k clarity. Let them see with heaven's clarity what it is you have for them and let them run towards it. Now we thank you, Father God, we worship you because you are the one that inspires us with hope. Hope is what empowers faith. Now, Father, we just thank you right now. Faith is coming alive because hope is surging in. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that I see that there are going to be many, many wearing white robes, having a good testimony, not just in heaven, but here on earth. Now we thank you, Father God. We give you praise in Jesus name. Bless your people in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. If you're watching today's program and you do not know the almighty, he sent his son to die for your sins so that you can come to heaven because you owed a debt you could never pay. I did too. I put my faith in Jesus, God's son, because he paid the debt for me. And if you'll put your faith in Jesus now, you can connect to the provision he has made for you of payment for your sins. And you can be born again and you can go to heaven too. And you can have the hope that God gives. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your savior and your Lord, pray this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, come into my heart, wash my sins away, give me your hope, give me your eternal life, write my name in your book of life, that I may have the hope of salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now lift your hands, because the Lord has saved your soul, and you belong to him now. Now live for him with all of your heart. And from this day forward, he's going to lead and guide and direct your steps. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the dawn of a new day for you. Get up and get running. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let us take now Holy Communion. I want to ask you to grab some unleavened bread. We use unleavened bread because leaven in the Bible represents sin. And the, this represents the Lord's body, which had no sin. So we're using unleavened bread. This is going to become the flesh of Christ. We're using grape juice. This is going to become the blood of Jesus when we pray over it. Let's pray now. Grab your, grab your bread. Grab your juice. Let's pray. Father, we bless and sanctify. We set apart this bread and juice as holy and we thank you. This is the body, the flesh, and the blood of Yeshua, Jesus, our Savior. Father, as we receive his flesh, we thank you that you have given us new hope. We thank you, Father God, that this is what we need. Father, so many of your people have been beaten down by, by, by national circumstances. And there is no nation on the earth that's not having difficulties and great strain. But Father God, you are giving hope to your people because we're about to experience the greatest outpouring of your spirit we've ever experienced. But, but today, today, hope is alive. And 
Miracles are happening now. Father, we thank you. They're happening now so that we may stand on the forefront of the outpouring. So, Father, we receive the body, the flesh of Jesus with great thanksgiving because this is all possible through his selfless act upon Calvary to make a way for us to be in you. Father, we receive his body now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for a cleansing of sin. And Father, we thank you not only for the grace for pardoning of sin, but for the grace to remove the desire. We thank you, Father God, that we are whole in Christ. We are not shattered people. We are not damaged goods. We are healed and made whole through the precious blood of Jesus. Father, thank you. We receive his blood and our wholeness in him now. In Jesus' name, let us receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. A living dog is better than a dead lion. And you're doing much better than any dog could ever do. Hallelujah. You're a king's kid. You're finding out your true identity. It's time for you to dream again and let your hope come alive. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for standing with us also and helping us with our special project of purchasing the 14 acres and having the full down payment required for that. I'm praying for you. Have a great week and I'll see you again real soon.